0: series session two today and I'm going to welcome up welcome up pastor Jacob to come preach the word oh, thanks so much guys thanks Mel who who was blessed by last week's message never stopped I just went home all week I'm like obedience triggers the miraculous no God said it I'm doing it it was a it was really I just want to take it from there and the, the passage we're working from is uh, Romans chapter 4. And I'm just going to start back a little bit further from where we started and we'll end up where we... uh, So I'm going to start from verse 18. It says, Against all odds, and I'm reading from the Passion Translation. Against all odds, uh, when it looked hopeless, Abraham believed the promise and expected God to fulfill it. He took God out of his word and as a result, he became the father of many nations. God's declaration over him came to pass. Your Your descendants will be so many that they will be impossible to count. In spite of of being nearly 100 years old, when the promise of having a son was made, his faith was so strong that it could not be undermined by the fact he and Sarah were incapable of conceiving a child. He never stopped believing God's promise, for he was made strong in his faith to father a child. And because he was mighty in faith and convinced that God had all the power needed to fulfill his promise, Abraham glorified God. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that... You have all the power needed to fulfill your promise in our life. Lord, we receive it. I declare that we're a church that will never stop believing. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Never stopped. Never stopped. It says, Abraham believed the promise and expected God to fulfill it. He believed, because he believed, he expected. True belief brings expectation he believed and expected now <laughs> so god speaks to us you know you tell that to them at the mental institution they think you're crazy but i'll be crazy if it means i get inside information from the one who knows and made the universe now god speaks to us and his words are promise. he he, he speaks to us in his word and and these are rock solid promises from God for you, and He speaks to us personally and individually. And and our call is simply to believe. That is simply the the entire call of the believer is to believe. It's simple. Jesus said the work, uh, <laughs> the work, the work that God wants us to do is th- simply this: believe. And and so we're at this point where we. how how we interact with the Word, how we interact with the Word, the written Word, and how we interact with the Word that God speaks to our hearts directly. And Abraham, it says, he never stopped believing. And because he never stopped believing, he saw the promise come to pass in his life. Uh, Melissa preached such a great message last week, and she used these examples. And I just, it was, she used the example of, uh, of Jesus' very first miracle where he, uh, he called, he made wine out of water. And she spoke us through the process, walked us through the process. Jesus said to the servants, get some water, fill up this pot, take the pot to this guy, ladle it out. When he puts it into the cup to drink it, then it, it says, then it became wine. So it's like, they've done all this stuff, and then, the last little bit. And she used the example of this guy Naaman, Who's this mighty general? And and he had to go and dip in a river. He had leprosy, a skin, a contagious skin disease, and he had to go and dip in a river seven times. And when he came up the seventh time, then he was healed. His skin was like a like a child's. And and as I'm sort of contemplating and chewing over these these miracles are, others come to mind i think of jericho where uh, joshua and his army marched around it for once a day for seven days and then on the seventh day they did seven laps and then the walls came down and i just think sometimes god's spoken to you and me and we might be in the first lap around jericho we might be in the second dip we might be in the ladle like filling the tubs with water And i just think about these miracles and i'm like okay like let's just get these servants right jesus was no one when they spoke when he spoke to them he wasn't this great rabbi that had done some pretty cool tricks some awesome magic tricks like raising people from the dead man if jesus after i seen him make some blind people see dead people hop up and they'd say you go and fill that with water (laughs) you bet i will like no wonder the little boy come and bought him a cut lunch and said jesus this is a miracle worker i'll see what he'll do with my lunch like you get that but th- at that point nothing had happened and and these guys are like carrying this water first of all they put it in these big jugs big tubs big 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 pots and then they take it over to the bloke and then as he goes to drink it it changes like if i'm them i'm thinking this guy's crazy i'm not doing that now, I'm crazy for listening to the guy. It was water when I put it in. I can clearly see it's water now. And he, oh my goodness, what a miracle. Who This guy is amazing. Like, okay, so if you've got it like this, imagine they're putting the water into the pots and instead of water, they just see grapes falling out of their thing into the thing. Ooh, we've got some progress here. And then as they move it to the next vessel, they can see it started to become grape juice. And then they can see, see some progression. And then as they start to move it to the guy, they can smell it fermenting. And then like, man, I've got no problem living like that. You know, <laughs> imagine like Naaman, he's, he's diseased, his skin's got this, this, this disease all over it. And he gets in the river, dips once, he comes up and says, I'm pretty sure I'm a shade lighter. This was sand beige before and now it's... <laughs> Mel was giving me a talk about the colours of... Natural Bayesians. And then uh, he goes under again. And it comes up. I, 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 This has got a bit smoother. And each day, di- it's just progressing. And then you've got no trouble going seven times like that. Yeah. The walls around Jericho, the guys are doing a lap. Imagine just first lap. And then you see a little crack. Just crack, crack, crack up the wall. You're like, come on. Next day, little th- the bit fall off. Come on, this is good. Joe, tomorrow, man, we're going to s- go around this thing. And and then and, and day seven would be no issue day seven would be no problem and you'd be this miracle walking faith head yeah I serve God and I walk by faith and yeah look what we did but the problem is is that none of those miracles went like that it was seven days and then took the water all the way up to the bloke and then dip seven times and then and we we get a really good look at this when we uh, when we we look at a particular miracle where this guy an amazing prophet called Daniel and I think I don't know if we spoke about this last week or but he prayed and then nothing happened and then 21 days later he gets a visitation from an angel and he's like man you're late I've been praying for days And the guys like, and the angel says to him. He says, "Hey, the day you prayed, the day you prayed, it started, but I got held up." And he talked about this spiritual battle and this heavenly war that took place. But then it got through. Twenty-one days later, he, the it came to pass what he was praying for, particular revelation. So what I'm getting, what I'm hearing, just because we can't see it progressing. In the physical, it is progressing in the spiritual. That first lap around Jericho, can I tell you that in the physical, that wall was as solid as ever, but in the spirit, a crack ran up the wall. That first dip in the River Jordan, in the physical, his skin was as scabby and diseased and infectious as ever. But in the spiritual... He went from sand beige to medium. <laughs> Is that the right way? I don't know which way it goes. He got a little bit smoother, a little bit cleaner. And so we're at this point where we're hearing from God, we read in the Word, it says, start doing this, start living like this. And we're like, well, I'm doing everything it says, everything, but I'm not seeing an outcome. <sighs> Abraham, this guy. He was, 20 years, he was waiting on a specific word. 20 years. Now, I admire that. I don't like it, but I admire it. I've watched my mum pray for her three kids. I think it took me eight years before I came out of addiction and live in a destructive lifestyle and came to Christ. My younger brother took him about, I think it was about 12 years or 15 years or something, 16 years. But my older brother was like 25 years before he came out of addiction. It, it, but can I tell you, every single prayer, crack ran up the wall. A bit fell down. Uh, skin got cleaner. In the natural, it looked worse. In the natural, things got worse. Now we went to, last year, I can never actually, I'm going to say it was last year because it feels that long ago. We went on a family trip and we went to Coober Pedy. Who's been to Coober Pedy? Is there a more Australian word than Coober Pedy? I can tell you there is not a more Australian place than Coober Pedy. Coober Pedy, for those that don't know, is a opal mining town in the middle of nowhere. And I, this is, people say the middle of nowhere. After you go to Coober Pedy, you realize the term is thrown around too loosely. This is the middle of Nowhere. Anyway, so you go to this place and there are just these piles of rocks. But half of these piles of rocks are houses. Inside they've dug in houses and there's swimming pools underground and there's shops and there's beautiful churches and there's all amazing stuff. And we were privileged enough to be shown around a private mine which is crazy and I'm not sure how safe that is but it was good. (laughs) Anyway, so this... Mine was turned into a hotel, and so when they want to build a more, uh, more want to expand the hotel, they just dig more rooms. And as they dig more rooms, sometimes they find and bump into old mining tunnels that the old timers dug with a pickaxe and hand and blew out with uh, dynamite. With their, you know, and they they showed us this one particular place where they found a massive deposit of high-quality opals. I'm talking there was 40 opals the size of almonds, and they're worth like a hundred thousand dollars each. These things, just like an incredible find. But they had this showed to us where the pocket came from, and then you could clearly see about 500 mil from where this pocket started. There was a hand tunnel dug from the left. It stopped. 500 mil on the other side. Another hand tunnel dug just by hand, man. These guys risked their lives, busted themselves 500 both directions stopped both of them short of the find of a lifetime they could have taken they they had have kept they would have taken that packed up their gear and gone and been good for the rest of their lives but they stopped and they missed out on their miracle now i need to tell you i need to ask you really i can tell you what i think if you were them and you knew Half a metre that way after digging 30 metres, 50 metres, however far they tunnelled. Half a metre further, you can retire. Would they have dug half a metre further? What about the other bloke coming the other way? Half a metre, leave Kuba leave go somewhere where there's water, <laughs> plants, Anything except with dirt, rock, forever. Set up your family. Five hundred mil, this far. Would he have kept going? Don't know about you. I would have kept going. Because he stopped. Because they stopped. I'm being very, what's the word? Sexist by saying assuming it was a guy. They stopped. Both both directions. They stopped. And it says here that Abraham believed the promise and expected God to fulfill it. Jump down to verse 20. He never stopped believing God's promise. So it's like, imagine you're these guys, but you know the pocket's there because somebody who sees it all told you, hey, there's this pocket right here. Just dig that way. And that's you and me. That's Naaman with his dipping. That's Joshua and his guys marching around. Someone told him something and they had to see it to the very end to get the outcome. It says here that Abraham believed and expected. So we need to be people who we read this book and just because it's not working, just because it's not working, this fa- this faith nonsense, I've been saying by his wounds I've been healed for this many years and I've still got creaky this or my mum's still like that or I've been claiming that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, yet my brother's still, this book says that if I give 10% of the my hard-earned money that God will open the floodgates of heaven and provide for my needs, well, I've been doing that for three whole weeks and God owes me. I want that back. And it's like, but it says that Abraham never stopped believing because he trusted the one who told him. So, we're at this point where We know there's a word from God, either a written word or a spoken word. We hear God. God told Abraham, you're going to have a son through Sarah. God's told you different promises in the word. That you are healed. You are prosperous financially. You are mentally healthy. You have peace. You have, your family is saved. Your family serves God with you. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It, it says these things faithful person has told us that right there there is a pocket of miracle. There is an outcome we're believing for. We, and we believe it. We take a hold of it. We believe it. <laughs> but our problem is, if you're anything like me, it's like something happens and we're like shocked. But God said I had an outcome. He said I was going to have breakthrough. He said I, I felt that I was going to be promoted to worship director. And I... I knew it. And then look at this happening in my life. God, where are you? This word isn't real. I must have sinned. Somebody else's fault, me, uh, whatever. Like, and a challenge comes. And we're shocked. But do you know what happens? The scripture says that if your roots don't go down deep, you will get taken out and you will miss. Oh, let me show you. The seed, because showing us here in Matthew 13, clearly talks about the seed being the word, the seed being the promise, the seed being what God says. The seed falling on rocky ground, Matthew 13, 20, rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word at once and receives it with joy. Is that you and me? That's us faith-filled believers at Grace Church. But since they have no root, hopefully that's not us, they last only a short time why because when trouble or persecution comes because of the word they quickly fall away (laughs) it just says there when trouble or persecution come because of the word that word will bring trouble and persecution and we're shocked We're like, God, but you said, and now this, we're shocked that trouble and persecution come because of the word. We got to get it in our heads, people, that trouble and persecution will come and chase that promise down. That's why it's faith, guys. It's not Christmas. It's faith. And Abraham, uh, he had a nightmare of a time. Like, I mean, a lot of stuff has gone great in his life, sure. But a lot of stuff wasn't. There are times where he thinks his missus is going to get pinched. He's got like, not just like by some good-looking fella, he's like a king's going to take him and that's what he's worried about. And some of you might be a good-looking fella you've got to worry about or whatever. But the, he's, got, he's had his challenges, but the whole time had this ache in his heart. More than an ache to have children, which is a natural thing that we have and we want. But further, because God had promised him. The one who sees everything that can do it, said, I'm going to do it. So his challenge isn't just the natural yearning. His challenge is that part of his makeup is designed to be a father Part of his, across time, history written, ahead of time, prophetic a destiny is to be a father of nations. And we have this prophetic destiny in us where God has spoken something to your life, where you have that thing, that ache, that desire to do something that matters. And it's just too hard. It's just not working out the way I thought it would. And we're shocked. And unless we sink our roots down deep, it says we'll fall away and miss out. But can I tell you that it's still there. Some of us have fallen away. Oh, we, we were discussing it on Mel preached it on Sunday and we were discussing it in Connect earlier. Abraham fell away a bunch of times. Like, seriously, this dude, like, he was a yo-yo. Honestly, the, you read the New Testament, and it says this mighty man of faith didn't waver, and I'm like, yeah. But you read the Old Testament, this guy's, like, going having kids with other people, giving his wife away, like, <laughs> doing all sorts of stuff, and if anyone ever blew it, it's this guy. If you've never given your wife to a king, guys you've not blown it as bad as Abraham. If you've not gone and had kids with the help, you've not blown it as bad as Abraham. And God looks at him and he says, this guy was faultless. What that means is get back up. Get back up. (laughs) You can't go too far. You cannot go too far for God. You just look at the first five books of the Bible written by a murderer. Half of the Psalms were written by a murderer and an adulteress. The guy who wrote Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, he didn't even end up finishing walking with God. <laughs> Half the New Testament books were written by someone who's not just sanctioned, but organized mass murder of the church. Honestly, this is a God who... And then he looks back on that and says, Hey, he was amazing. What a man of faith. What a star. And this is, this, is, this is grace, guys. It's not about you being some faith superhero. <laughs> God says, if you get the job done, I'm going to look back, and there's going to be a chapter in the Bible where you are listed with faith heroes, not because you didn't falter, but because you kept getting up, because you kept believing, because you kept the course. Matthew chapter, uh, just, just on that, on, the, on us being surprised, Jesus was, he warned us, like listen to this, John chapter sixteen thirty three. I have told you these things so that you may have peace in this world, uh, you, you may have peace, in this world you will have trouble, you will have trouble, guys, not an easy ride, not an easy ride, it's going to be a fun ride, it's worth it, not easy. And Jesus said, just so you guys keep your peace, you've got to know that hard times are going to come. But take heart, I've overcome the world. He's like, guys, I love football. Not at the moment, football sucks at the moment, but normally I love football. (laughs) Your team goes out, wins by like 14 goals zip. What a boring game of football. That game would suck. What's fun about football is when there's a battle, when the bodies crunch, when the boys have to take big marks and big tackles and it's close all the way to the end and the best game ever with the 2018 grand final where the Eagles were 30 points behind in the first quarter, came back and then just won it in the last, this is brilliant. I, didn't, I couldn't even preach the next, I had no voice left. What made it so amazing was the comeback. What made it so amazing, so memorable, so enjoyable was the fight it's part of it it's all part of it god said this is fun there's a mountain go climb it there's a sea go see how deep you can go cross it like it's what god made us for he said "Here's the world have dominion he didn't say it's gonna be free and easy he said you can do it and now this is where we've got to keep going so it's like what has god promised you what has god promised you This is is like probably, I think, the most confronting just little passage I've read recently. It's it's the Apostle Paul. He's testifying about his journey. And and he says, I have not been disobedient to the heavenly vision. Acts chapter 26, verse 9, he says, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. He says, God spoke something to my heart. He showed me the future. And I says, I was not disobedient to it. I did what I was asked to do. I carried out the word of God spoken over my life. I fulfilled my prophetic calling. He says, (laughs) you've got to understand that when God gives you vision, what's a vision? It's not like some super Spiro only for the leaders sort of word. No, a vision is a picture of the desired outcome. So when God gives you a vision, he's giving you a picture of his desired outcome for your life. Prophecy is history written in reverse. When God shows you something, he's showing you his desired outcome for your life. Paul got shown something and he says, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. We have these things printed on our hearts. And then the trial comes. Some of it, we think it's a trial, but it's not a trial. Like I would go and do that, but then... Like, I got married and had kids. You prayed for that. But now I've got to feed them, so I've got to do a job, so I can't go and do that thing I felt called to. It's like, well, hang on, is God going to bless you with one hand and rob you with the other hand? No, no. You've got to be like Abraham. Fine, this is where I am. I'm going to do it excellently. This is my season. And there's an amazing passage, which I love and hate, it, uh, the the um the exact part of where it it comes from escapes me right now but it says that god will uh if he gives you a vision for something he equips you for the vision he he, if he uh calls you he provides you know god pays for what he calls for sort of thing and the thing about that is he's not talking about a check he's not talking about a check it's actually talking about preparing you it's actually talking about preparing you so a lot of the stuff we think is the devil you're praying against god man (laughs) Like, I like the gym, as you can tell. I also like McDonald's. <laughs> pasta. We were, at, well, we were on a, at a conference once, and we are like, oh, we've been at a pastor, pastor's conference. And the taxi driver's like, that's interesting. A conference dedicated to pasta. Like, <laughs> and true story, that's a true story. Uh, we, but what I'm getting at is, like, in the gym... The metal has to be lifted to get an outcome. The metal ain't going to lift itself. And if I don't lift it, I don't get stronger. God's like this trial in your life. He says, no, that's metal. It ain't going to lift itself. And if you don't lift it, you're not going to get stronger. You don't get stronger. You can't go where I want to take you. you don't, you're not prepared for what I want to give to you. And we're still hitting it, sitting there trying to pray the metal away. We're trying to pray... That situation away, and God's like, I'm not calling. I'm not going to shift that. You shift that. I'll be with you. I'll give you grace. I've, this is in 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 uh, in Joshua, the book of Joshua. Joshua is this guy he's preceded Moses, uh, who was this great leader, and he comes in and says he conquered the land. And then when he died, it says that God left a few enemy in the land. To try, be, this is God. This is God. He says because. For practice for his kids. He says, because some of the guys haven't experienced warfare, so we need to leave some baddies in there so they can get some practice. True story, true story. This is God. We're trying to pray away stuff that God's saying, I'm not, I'm not this is metal I put there for you to lift. Now, when we're trying to pray away our stuff, give up... This is what's actually happening you call it what you like paul says it was disobedience he said i wasn't disobedient if i hadn't have done it i would have been disobedient that's what paul's saying let's call the spade a spade matthew chapter 25 and verse 25 jesus is telling a parable about a man who's given his servants some resources god's given you and me resources we call them talents gifts abilities they call them talents as in a gold it's actually a quantity of money a weight of gold but that's crossed over into our language as talents as our gifts a resource our physical and mental emotional abilities things that god has given us that no one can take away we have talents it says here that in john chapter 24 uh, mark chapter 25 verse 25 the man who received one bag of gold talking about talent so he gave it five to one two to another and they all did great. And God said, good on you. Well done, good and faithful servant. And then he promoted them. He promoted them. He said, you've been faithful with another's, then I'll give you your own. If I could just stop right now. I could have just started there and left it. Be faithful with another's, God says, I'll give you your own. But here it's saying "Here is the man who received one bag of gold came. It's interesting, and you've got to, I don't have time to go right into it, but the master gave each according to his ability. He gave each an assignment according to his ability. And he decided in his wisdom that this person, his ability was able to do and manage this one talent, this one gift. And as the man who received one bag of gold came, master, he said, I knew you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid. And I went out and hid your gold in the ground. Brings it back to him. It's not less, it's the same. Perfect condition. Never used. One owner. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvested where I had not sown and gathered where I have not scattered seed. This guy had a call from God. The master called him. He gave him resources and gave him a mission, an assignment, a heavenly vision. The guy wouldn't step up to the plate. came back and he's like, hey, I didn't go backwards. I'm still here. I'm in church. Every Sunday, just check my logbook. Did my quiet time give my tithes do all the little bits have it back and then the master says you wicked lazy servant but he was scared how's that wicked and lazy that is so counter to our culture that's the ultimate cop-out. I'm afraid. Poor I'm offended. Oh, well don't do that then. Don't say that then. It's your fault because you're big and nasty. I have excuses for, for not for getting my outcome. Wicked lazy servant. The master's saying, I expect you to kick some teeth in every now and again. Get over it. So it's on the other side of that, breakthrough is a miracle. On the other side of that, you can push through that fear. There's stuff you would not believe. If you can push through that doubt, that fear, that... But what it comes back to is, is he was afraid. First John says this, There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment the one who fears is not made perfect in love so we've got this guy who wouldn't obey because he was afraid he wouldn't have, he was afraid because he was afraid the father the master was going to punish him for not getting the outcome he was hoping for you and i have these visions that god's put in your heart these things he's called you to step out into and we're afraid i'm afraid Do you know that I used to get physically sick before speaking in front of a group? Physically sick. And I just kept doing it. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not just uh, like this little fear monster in me. I'm like, stuff you, you're not winning. I remember sitting on the, like at the back when I very first came back into church, Teen Challenge, the little chapel down there in Esperance. Sitting there like this first, I was just dead eyeing the people at the, the worship team because I was all hanging out and sick and that and I'm like you're so loud I've got a monster headache <laughs> and then but then like Jesus touched my heart so much that I moved forward a row come on come on and then little toe movement happened and then like a bit of a wiggle then like maybe a bit of a leg tap and then this is where it gets scary hand starts to turn a little bit now they're all looking they're all looking at you they're all going to think stuff what are they going to think i don't know but stuff because it's all about you and then the hand goes like this and then and then after a little while i'm like you know what who are you who are you stuff you fortunately like I, i got myself in a lot of trouble with that attitude but most of the stuff that is bad in our life is actually a gift from god just misdirected some of your parents have got kids that you're cursing the fact they're so stubborn but you're going to be praising god that they're so determined and help channel that but it couldn't come under it and at some point it had to be like no hands up god i don't care what anyone thinks i don't care what the outcome is i'm putting you before anybody else And I threw it off. And I'm not saying I'm some big great person because I put my hands in the air in church where they're all Christians that also all had their hands in the air. (laughs) But what I'm getting at is there's something inside us that fights it every single step of the way. Something inside us that won't just lay down. And we have to physically take action. We have to make a faith choice. We have to make a faith decision backed by a faith action to be obedient to the heavenly vision. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20, and I know I always say that this is my favorite passage in the Bible, but Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 actually is my favorite passage in the Bible. And I'm reading from The Passion, and it says, Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you to accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all. For His miraculous power constantly energizes you. Never doubt. Never stop believing and expecting. Never stop. Never stop. Because God's power to work in you and accomplish all of this, He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request. What is a request to God? That's a prayer. Your most unbelievable dream (laughs) and exceed your wildest imagination. Some of you guys, when you close your eyes, you see an orphanage. You see it. And then you've got your list of reasons why you can't help it. Some of them, it's the poor, but then you've got your list. (laughs) Some of it, some of you, it's study. Some of you it's a microphone. Some of you it's... I'll put Mel on the spot here but... Melissa used to quit courses because there was a public speaking part involved. She tells a story where there was a role play of three people. That's her, one other person and one other person. She bawled her eyes out and cried because she had to speak in front of two people. When you'd have to go through the thing saying your name, she would leave so she'd have to say your name. When she moved into an office job and the phone would ring, she wouldn't answer it because she was scared to answer the phone. You think she gets up here and that came easy? That she leads our church and that came easy? That she fought for that tooth and nail? wouldn't let go of the heavenly vision. Basically, what I'm saying is your excuse isn't good enough. Paul calls it disobedience. Jesus calls it wicked and lazy. I'm just praising God that Abraham's end story looks so different to his start, the way God actually viewed it. He says, hey, you haven't written yourself off. And we're going to finish here. In Matthew 6, Verse 19. This is Jesus talking and he says, Don't store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy, where thieves break, and steal, break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. But what he's saying, he says, the stuff that you've got in heaven it's not going anywhere. It's not decaying because of your disobedience. It's not decaying because you've wasted the last 20 years dragging your feet. It's not decaying because you've been running the other way. It's there. It can't rust. It's there. The treasure that God had, the vision, the stuff that God has got for you is not going anywhere. It's like this. Isaiah 55 says this, verse 10, As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so is it yield seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish that which I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. There's a word spoken over your life, a prophetic word spoken over your life. And i tell you, it stands I tell you it stands. I don't care if it's taken 20 years, it stands. I don't care if it's taken 25 years, 50 years it stands. It says, God says, I will not bring it back until it's done what it was sent out for. Our job guys, our choice is are we going to take part in it? because I'll tell you the most frightening passage in the whole Bible for me in it was talking about Abraham, this amazing man of faith. He wasn't the first one called. His dad was. His dad was called. And then it says he settled there. He didn't go the whole way. And then God said to his son, now it's your turn. He missed out. Time got the better of it. He ran out of time. Not ran out of grace, ran out of time. It says he settled in Haran. That can't be you and me, church. It can't be. We've got to be like Abraham, who never stopped Believing. We can never stop. What did it say? Believe the promise and expect God to fulfill it. Let me pray. Lord, I call this church a believing church. I call this church an expectant church. I call this church a church, a faithful church. Men and women who step up. Men and women who are not disobedient to the heavenly vision that you've given us. Lord, we repent for where we've dragged our f- Feet, Lord we repent for where we've headed in the wrong direction maybe like Jonah some of us have been called to Nineveh and we run to Joppa we we go as far away from where you've called us as possible but Lord we come back we know your word stands we know it hasn't left it hasn't gone anywhere while there's breath in our body there's an anointing on us to fulfill it Lord God God, we're so scared in so many areas, Lord. We're so afraid of failure. We're so afraid of the disappointment. We're so afraid of so much of the outcomes that could possibly happen, God. We need your grace, but I thank you, it's there. And we receive the grace that is available to us because with every command comes the grace to fulfill the command. We receive it, Lord. I call this church an overcoming church. I call this church uh, some wall breakers. I call this church a uh, people who will deliver new wine. I call this church a uh, people who will see the sick healed. Call, uh, call this church people who will bring new life. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Just while we're in this attitude of prayer, guys, I just want to. I just want to. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, this is your chance. No excuses, enough of excuses. We've all made enough excuses in our lifetime for the last several lifetimes. This is the worst thing you could make an excuse for. If I hadn't given my life to Jesus, I would do it right now. <sighs> Including you guys online, I just want to give here anyone here who, who's not done that the opportunity. So just with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you, I just invite you to just put your hand in the air. And I don't care if you're in your lounge rooms. I want you to do it just as an act of faith. God's going to do a miracle in hearts right now. Church, pray after me. And if you're praying this for the first time, I just implore you to mean it with all of your heart. Repeat after me, guys. Dear God, I choose to follow you. I will not be afraid when the journey gets hard because I know that you are with me. I make the decision today to follow you all the days of my life. Forgive me for where I've lived life my own way. Wash me clean. Today, I choose to start A new life with you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you prayed for the first time, God did a miracle in your heart. A new life started. We would love to uh, get in touch with you. I'd love to pray with you afterwards if you're online. uh, With some uh, Things will come up in the comments where we can get in touch with you and maybe help you on your journey. This is day one, guys. Day one of the rest of your life. Bless you guys. Thanks so much.